Hello. Welcome to True with me, Gerard Hector and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? Gerard, I'm feeling a little frisky today. We, yeah? I don't know if we're going to get into the 70s, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> I swam last night in my house. I did my laps. It was 78 degrees, which is, what do you normally swim in a pool? Like in a competitive pool, what's it? Well, listen, we don't like it in that, that at that temperature. You'd like it at 68, 70, somewhere really? in that range. Yeah, you don't want it hot. You know? Oh, oh that's, know. yeah. To me, hot is, you know, my normal, our pool is only 84, 85. No, no, no. You, you want, I mean, most pools are in the 70s somewhere. That's, that's where you want it. Like, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys right. got to, they got to race, man. <laughs> it wasn't bad. Once I was, once you're in at 78, you know, it takes like two seconds and you're, it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's, it was this morning, the pool was at 75 and I don't know if, I don't think the weather is going to be even that warm all day. So it'll be chilly this afternoon when I swim. Well, yeah. I mean, look, 70, I think the official like range they want is 77 to 82, um, you know, for, for, for a competition. Uh, I find most people like it, like in that, in that 77, even the 76 range. Like yeah. once you, if you're creeping up to like over 80, it's like, you know, it's hot. Yeah, it's, it's hot. hot. It's just not yeah. great. Yeah. Not great. But I'm not also, I'm not breaking any Olympic records. <laughs> I, you're just, so, you're just exercising. I'm up to 21 minutes now. Yeah. All right. So that's, All right. I don't, if I get to 30, fine. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I have the time. Every nine minutes counts, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm going to put you and Pelton on the same uh, competitive swim plan. I got I, I, I sent Kevin some workouts, so what I'm going to put you on the on the, on the Pelton plan. Send me whatever you want. <laughs> I, right now, I just hammer out the laps. I don't do anything, no interval stuff. I, I swim at a pretty good pace. I'm 58, so almost it, it's uh, Pelton. When I gave it to him, he liked it because he's like, "Oh, this is like this is fun." So like when he goes with his buddies and they go swimming, he's like, "All right, we're doing the Gerard today." Like, so it, what would that mean exactly? It, it's just I just have them do like a, a lot of interval training and you know it's 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 fun more like um like we talk about for basketball right like more race pace or like yeah. pace stuff as opposed yeah. to just back and forth and back right. and forth no no he, he likes it it's good and it's just the way it like it shocks the system a little bit right it gives yeah you something that's, di- whatever whatever it helps me not be the world's fattest man that's a goal that's what I want <laughs> that's what I'm trying to live for Gerard David I you are not close to being the world's fattest man i've right. seen him <laughs> the swimming and the walking that's the idea gerard <laughs> uh basketball uh we've got a lot more preseason games uh happening so things are exciting we're seeing teams play and you know fans are getting super excited about about their young guys i again i always laugh when i watch preseason basketball because i always and when i watch any basketball now david thorpe is always in my brain even though he's not there saying Calm down. This shit don't matter. This doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. So I'm always like, guys, it's preseason. Like you can take away some things, but for sure. But let's not decide this is going to be the greatest team or player ever. No, 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 no. Let's just no. Uh, uh, it would be um, they're they're good right now. Is they're good trailers. How many times mm. have you seen a trailer thinking, ooh boy, yeah. I want to see that movie. movie just fucking. Yeah, sometimes so, like, I, I remember my wife and I saw the trailer for Ray. Okay, and yeah. I said to her, "Oh, he's winning the Academy Award and for that." He sure did. But that's the last good trailer I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what preseason is. It's like I'm really excited about um, Jamal Kane from Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm writing a piece this week on just the things that have excited me or mm-hmm. kind of worried me. Mm-hmm. But they're just trailers. Yeah, we just have to remember that there's yeah. it's the season is tough and there's lots of pivoting that goes on and. Yeah, the grind is the grind gets most people. A, a lot of things happen, and there was an interesting article, David, in the Athletic uh, by Jared Weiss, who covers the Boston Celtics, 
And it was about Sam Cassell being brought into um, the Celtics coaching staff. Sam used to work for Doc um, when Doc was coaching the 76ers. He's been around. Uh, and, Sam. Sam, and everyone knows Sam I am from his days in Houston winning championships, uh, from his days in Milwaukee. Um, you know, Cassell, one or, of the great. Or in, in the case of the old timers, <laughs> junior college. Yeah. And then Florida State. Yeah, Florida State. With Doug Edwards. <laughs> yeah. And Bob Sura. And, oh, the best Florida State team. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's oh, the oh, Sam Cassell that I love. That, 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 that was yeah. a great player. And Sam, you know, one of the uh, great shot makers, great point guard, could score from the post, operate from the mid post, a strong point guard, right? Played a lot of bully ball. Um, For a guy that is, I mean, he's slight. Yes. I, I've been with Sam. I, I was with Sam last November, like a, a row away from him. He's a slight guy, but he, I believe he's a Baltimore kid. And he Likes played contact. like a bully. Yeah, he yeah, loves contact. Sure. Yeah. Some guy, you know, David, do you, when you coach players, and we didn't talk about that on the show, but I'm yeah. wondering, if there's a player who doesn't love contact, what do you do with that kind of player? You're like, buddy, so, this ain't the sport for you. Yeah, so first of all, um, there's two ways. I, I have like two buckets for players. There are players that really can dish out punishment, and there are players that can really absorb it without it changing their game. So. Alan Iverson and then my own kid, Kevin Martin, were two guys that were not going to bully you. They were skinny. Mm-hmm. Kevin was super skinny, Alan. But you could beat them up all you want. It didn't change their game one bit. I think one, in one college game, I think Kevin took 26 free throws. Mm-hmm. Like, like they just kept fouling him. He didn't care. Nothing's changing. Mm-hmm. Um, some crazy number like that. Uh, the bullies are the bullies. If you can't be one of those two, well, you're already very much limiting what you can accomplish. Right, you're not going to get to the paint much, and you're not, if you don't deal with screens, great. But the truth is, most most adults can handle punishment just fine. You know, if they're if they've lasted that long, they get to college, they may not like being hit, but uh, but it shouldn't really affect their game. Okay. Yeah, okay. That, was, that was good to point out. Yeah. Um. Anyway, going back to Sam. So Sam now yeah. is now on the on the Boston Celtics staff, and in Jared Weiss's piece, he talked about Sam being a good um a, a good. Uh, player coach for for Jason Tatum and mm-hmm. those of you that know in the NBA on every staff there's guys that work out players specifically when they come on the court to do their work there are guys they watch film with that almost always is never the head coach um just because he has a million other things to work to, to worry about so guys will have their personal guys They're like all right, right. watching this film about this thing we're working out on this move whatever <laughs> and Sam was thought of as someone who'd be great for Jason mainly because Tatum's a big guy 6'10 and he's someone who can for sure, dish punishment because he's big and he can take it as well because he's also big, right? Um, he can operate in the mid post and work on his playmaking game because in crunch time, the ball is in Tatum's hands a lot, right? As, as a Celtics best player. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. Um, and then I thought, David, you know, when you and I do our exercises and we're thinking about, all right, who are the future American players under 26 that can be MVPs or, you know, best player in the world? And we, you and I do, we mentioned Tatum, but when you look at like larger lists, I'm like, Tatum's name either somehow gets forgotten a lot, doesn't get brought up a lot. And I wonder how much of it is because he came into the league so young. And so we already think he's so old at this point. And he's not that old. He's only 26. So I don't, we're going to talk about the media more later too. I, I don't tend to identify much with what, what the average fan or media right. person says. So I didn't, I don't even know what they think, but he's a perennial all NBA player. For sure. He's the best player on one of the best teams in the league. I do think on, in terms of MVP voting, uh, Jalen Brown is also an all-NBA player. 
Correct. And that is challenging. Gian- Giannis had no one competing for that. Jokic had no teammate competing for that. There's been discussion about AD and LeBron three years ago taking a little bit of votes away from each other. And so that is the case with, with Boston. But you're right to say he, he's one of Team USA's most talented players mm-hmm. at when he's played. And then he was young when he did it. And absolutely, Boston can be the best team in the league this year. It's possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you wouldn't argue likely, but you would say they're a favorite to be the best team in the league sure, for your season. Why not? Yeah. And he's their best player for sure, in my opinion. Uh, I also think, too, a little bit, he hasn't had that postseason pop. Mm. He's just been really good a bunch. Mm. Not, not that he's not had great series. He has. But um, he was bad in the last couple of series that they lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he can't blame the Olympics on last year. Mm-hmm. That was two years mm-hmm. ago. So, mm-hmm. nevertheless, he's he's absolutely an MVP candidate. He, he, he's an elite player. He's an incredible um, player. And what I what a I two-way like, player. A two-way I was just player. gonna say what I like about him is that he's very good on the defensive end. Again, when you're that big, I mean he's gotta be six ten by now. I don't know what they list him at, but he's he's huge. Um, you know, when you have that size, that size is so important, right? Because it can just and we'll talk about <laughs> Victor later in size, now that can just negate so many problems for other people for, for your your opponent. Um, or cause so many problems for your opponent, I should say. Um Tatum, Tatum's incredible. Um, I like the idea of, you know, when you're looking to pair players with certain coaches, you know, when you're someone as accomplished as Tatum, who's someone's a good fit. And you mentioned Sam being a Baltimore kid. And like, so I know he's also some a guy, Sam, is who's a straight talker, right? He's not going to be like, oh, Nancy and around talking. Nope. Let's get directly to the point. Jason, I need you to do this because you're two inches tall than that guy and 60 pounds stronger. Just put him under the basket. Do this thing. Here's how you play making the post. I like the idea of players, player co- coaches who were players being able to communicate that with a player like Tatum, right? Because I feel like when you're accomplished, um, sometimes it's hard, and not in, not just in basketball, any sport, right? It's hard to take advice from someone when, but I've been doing this thing, and I've been pretty successful doing this thing I've been doing. All right, well, now you're getting into my world. I know. Okay. <laughs> and I played at a very good high school. I was not a very good player. I was better than what my coach realized. He's a jackass. But um, I certainly wasn't Sam Cassell. Uh, if you are working with the world's best players, you got to be right. Most of the time, you got to be right. Because sometimes you're allowed to not be wrong, but just there's multiple ways to do something and try this, try this. Uh, there's a player I'm talking to right now that um, I don't think he's taking advantage of his size at the rim as much as he could. He's a, he's a, he can do everything. And so I told him I watched your last 100 baskets last year, and you only did an early seal one time, meaning race the court, run to the rim, even though you're not the team center, mm-hmm. and put someone on your back. It's an easy way to get a bucket or two a game. And a foul. Or, or a foul <laughs> or both, right. Mm-hmm. So um, he said, okay. And I'm happy to say that in, in the last two preseason games since I've told him, text, I texted him clips of everything. Again, he's done it before. I didn't teach him anything. I'm trying to make him more mindful to do it more commonly, more frequently. And he's done it three times now. The first time he did it, he posted so hard, the little dude guarding him fell down, and then his dumbass teammate didn't throw him the ball. The next, very next possession, he did it again, same defender. The defender didn't fall down. A different guy threw it to him in the, in the right in front of the rim. He just turned and scored. I, I was telling this to Henry. The way a dad might score on his five-year-old son on a five-foot basket. 
Like the little guard had no chance against him. And then he did it again in the next game. So he's done it now three times and probably, you know, 45 offensive possessions. Mm-hmm. Whereas he did it one yeah, in the last, you know, what was mm-hmm. that was just shot. So he probably had, that was probably representing, you know, 15, 20 games, mm-hmm. not 15, mm-hmm. probably 10 games. He didn't do it, but one time. So, and I didn't play great, but I was, but I'm right. You told him right. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 you know, it, it worked. And, and he first said, okay, coach, I'm going to, I'm going to think about it. Mm-hmm. And he, and it's working. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so for, to me, I think where Sam can really be helpful uh, Gerard is re- thinking about how a defender might be thinking. Uh, Jason, you've always done this, but I think if you just take one more dribble or turn your head a little bit left, you know, it's, there's, it's the little things, Gerard, I can't stress that enough. It's the yeah. little things. It's, the, the angle of your head, where your eyes are looking, uh, how hard you might dribble a ball. Did I ever tell you the story once of um, a 6'9", 6'10", player of mine called me one day. He was in the bubble. And in practice, he was struggling to score against Shabazz Napier. He's <laughs> a little guy. Yeah. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I just I kept trying to back him down, back him down. And, and it, he's just so quick and crafty. And he really threw me off my rhythm. And I said, I'm just a terrible coach. What the fuck are you doing? Right, right. The only chance he's got against you is when you put the ball put the down, ball down. back him down. Yeah. Just square up, fight to get open before you get it, and then just turn around and shoot over him. The very next day, he's like, okay, okay. The next day, they played Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul was on that team that year. Well, don't put the ball down on that guy. <laughs> right. So he got it from like 12 feet. And you could see his brain processing for just a moment. Then he realized, oh, wait a second. I just talked to his coach about this yesterday. Inside first pivot bucket, super easy. Like Chris yeah. Paul wasn't even there. Yeah. And so um, sometimes you just have to give. And I think Sam can do that a lot with Jason. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, and I think this is really interesting, is uh, 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 Sam becomes a sounding board for Jason mm-hmm. in, in a way that maybe I couldn't be, although I'm old enough now where I probably, there's probably, there's almost nothing you probably can ask me that I haven't heard right. from another coach or player right. or I dealt with myself. Uh, but Jason has that now with someone on his bench for like, Hey, they're trying this on me. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Cause remember he, Sam just wasn't a player. He's been coaching for a long time. Correct. And so, as I've said before on the show, boy, what, what an amazing thing would be to be an offensive lineman playing with Tom Brady. what, I was just talking to an agent on this yesterday, uh, Gerard, who, an agent representing one of the best freshman quarterbacks in the country. The agent's someone I've mentored a lot uh, for basketball, but he has football players too. In fact, now he's got another likely top five pick one nice. day. That guy's still in high school. And so we were talking about this very thing that um, you're, he's getting his brains beat in as a freshman, but boy, is he learning. Mm-hmm. And what, what hasn't Tom Brady seen? When he, and, so, and so now there's offensive linemen. He does, Tom Brady doesn't want to get smashed. So he's teaching those guys everything. Mm-hmm. That so to me, figuring that stuff out is everything. So I think Jason has uh, uh, someone he can trust now that that can figure stuff out with and run an idea by uh, that uh, that maybe he didn't have before. Maybe he did. It's interesting too. The article mentions it. I'm not sure I really understood it. Um, these uh, all these coaches. I, I know we're going to get into Missoula mm-hmm. in a minute. Mm-hmm. All these coaches. They have different rules as to who, who on whom on their staff coaches whom, who mm-hmm. on the staff coaches whom. Um, last year there was a, a coach that got suspended, assistant coach, 
ostensibly for coaching guys that weren't his guys. Mm. That's, that's as I was, it was explained to me that way. Uh, it's weird. It's possessive. It's territorial. Uh, uh, there was a player I was helping that really wanted to work with a coach from his staff, but he didn't know how to do it because that coach wasn't someone that he normally would work with. I had to get the agent involved. I didn't do it. The agent yeah. got involved and made it work. Yeah. It's, it's all weird. So I hope with the Celtics, that mm-hmm. isn't the case. Yeah. I hope that it's much more open and that we're all coaching all of you and not so specific. That doesn't mean you don't have a specific guy. I have a player who's got a shooting coach and a work a, a ball handling coach um, in, in his team. Mm-hmm. So two different people. I go to this person to work on my handle. I go to this person to get my shots up and work me, work me out. Uh, and that isn't so common, but I think it's going to get more common. We'll start getting some specialities to what we're doing. Um, all of this is new yeah. compared to years ago, where you should sure. just be kind of X and O only. So I think it's good progress. No, I, I think so too. And I loved your point about attention to detail and the little things. Because when you're talking about, because again, Jason Tatum is a perennial <laughs> All-NBA candidate, All-NBA first-team candidate, which means he's always between the top five, top 10 players in the league. Right. When you're trying to be the best player, yeah. it's minis- it's little things at this level yeah. that make you better, right? To your point, the angle of your head when you're when you're attacking, like how hard do you dribble your first dribble, right? Your pivot, like all these little tiny things that you're like, again, the average fan probably doesn't notice or see. And you're like, this is what's going to make you better, right? Running, running early, using your size to seal your man. This is what makes you better and gets you easy points. Last night, a player uh, took a three and it was flat. He doesn't take many threes. He's a very good shooter. His team doesn't use him that way too much. And I texted him after the game that I thought his shot was flat. At 8 o'clock this morning, this is no exaggeration, he texted me saying, Coach, I'm, I, I have my players, uh, every shot you missed the night before, you should get like five or ten reps making them the next day. Just so you never feel like this isn't a shot I can make a lot. So he said he did that. And then he also made 100 threes, and it was 8 o'clock in the morning. And he's not on Eastern, East Coast time. Ah, yes, he is. My bad. Yes, he is. So he is on East Coast time. Still, like, these guys are workers, man. They fucking got to. They're, like, missing shots. And, um, yeah, it's all – It's all. Uh, a couple of nights ago, a player uh, got blocked at the rim. I thought he, he caught the ball in a good spot, and I thought he was casual about the finish. Mm-hmm. And the, the defender, who he had never played for, blocked his shot. And uh, he ended up scoring fine, but um, when he got it back, but uh, I texted him this morning, you need to be greedy. Like, don't ever just assume you're going to make that shot and get casual. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's more motivational yeah. or more knowledge-based, mm-hmm. and sometimes very technical. Yeah. Uh, 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 a, player is, a, a driving player is most vulnerable, typically, on the gather. So how are you gathering it? Where are you gathering it? Are you, I call it LeBroning it? Where you grip it with two arms, you know, like a fullback going mm-hmm. up the middle. Mm-hmm. Are you harding it where you get it to this, like your chest and give him your elbow and right, right. by his jaw? Like, there's, are you extending it way out away from your guy? Mm-hmm. I don't care what you do. Typically, sometimes I do. Some, mostly I don't. I just want you mindful of how valuable that gather is mm-hmm. because that's when you're most vulnerable. And so, so sometimes the advice you give is technical. Mm-hmm. And um, what I would tell you is these players don't care. If you, most of them, the huge majority, they don't care how you know what you know. Can you make me better? Mm-hmm. Can I have more success with the advice you're giving me? Because if they will, it's like rats to cheese, man. They'll just keep <laughs> going to it, as they should. Yes, who, who wouldn't? I mean, if, if I, I, I just, anyone that could help me, right? man, I want to be with them all the time. 
100%. And this is, you know, this stuff is great. You guys are getting from David. Um, Cause again, this is David talks to actual and right now, like, right. As you just mentioned a player this morning, uh, get a game last night. This is what, what didn't go well. And we're lucky here at true because, you know, David has us on a couple chats that he's in with coaches and various players and he'll put in clips of saying, all right, when you do this play, this is what you should be working on. And it's amazing the level of detail. And it's again, if I just watch the play normally without David's captions, I just see basketball with David's captions. I'm like, oh, this is what you're talking about. Yeah. And it, it's really amazing the level of detail. So in that article, David, um, Joe Missoula has a bunch of, you know, different coaches around. Jeff Van Gundy is going to be a senior consultant. Yeah. Um, just a variety of people. And one of the things that I did as a coach, I know you, you stress, is the importance of a coach having humility. Um, and knowing what I don't know and having the best people around me, you can help me with what I don't know and get better at that thing. Now in the NBA, that isn't always a very easy thing because one, it's super competitive. There's only 30 head coaching jobs that exist. And then th- one of each assistant on every team. Right, right. So everybody's always worried about who's trying to take my job. And it becomes this possessive thing as they was talking about with players before. Oh, don't talk to coach Thorpe. I'm your workout guy. And it's just like, what, what, what are we doing? Like, and it then creates a system. And I would imagine any team where that is the type of attitude, I bet those teams don't win very often. They, well, they don't win as much as they should. Correct. I, I would think, yeah, I would think um, that that's just a, an obstacle. You know, um, I, talked to a, I talked to a player this morning, very talented young player uh, on an NBA team. And, and I said, what, what is it your coaches are talking about the most? Your head coaches, assistant coaches in terms of identity. And he said, chemistry and trust. I did not expect that. And by the way, I think it's kind of bullshit. Um, <laughs> but that's what the coaches are saying. I, I don't think the players lying to me. Right. I think um, uh, uh, chemistry and trust are everything. Uh, uh, and so when you don't have that in your staff, you're just going to reach your ceiling. You know, your ceiling's going to be much lower, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think your your the point on humility is really important. Um, to be successful in, in this business, working with the world's best players, uh, you need to have a confidence bordering on arrogance. I, I definitely have that for sure. Um, people who don't know me think I am very arrogant because I sound very confident all the time. They have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, as I tell every player I deal with, especially as they get older, this is not a lecture class. This is a discussion class. Man, I, I'm learning from you. I'm listening when you're talking. I'm listening. They're the ones playing the game. Uh, I can always find... If I can explain something in two words instead of three, oh, I'm doing that. I want to say as few words as possible and have it carry the most meaning. And some players sometimes can just crystal clear, with crystal clear clarity, explain something. I'm like, oh, boy. Like I told you, the best thing ever is when, I mean, I've been teaching ball handling for a long time. But in the 90s, in 2000 and maybe 2002, Jason Williams, White Chocolate, was in my gym. Mm-hmm. And when I said to him, how do you do that? Like, how do you dribble like that? Ah, coach, I'm just hammering nails. Yeah. Fireworks, Run. hammering nails. Like, Run. I never, I've never said anything else. Like, there's no better way to say it. Hammer the nail into the ground. The, the faster it gets back in your hand, the more control you have. The millisecond it leaves your finger pads is a loose ball, so it's back in your finger pads, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the best coaches, this is where I think Pop has been really good, and Bud and Spo. Mm-hmm is I, I think it's collaborative more than you think. Mm-hmm. Very collaborative. Uh, and I went to go watch a college workout. Um, I don't know if I told you this. 
I, I told you I was at Waco. I went mm-hmm. to Baylor's yep. practice. There's a young man I help on Baylor's team. And so I went to practice and um, I was kind of miffed. I, I, the coaches invited me I, and, I, and I was supposed to watch film with them. And I'm on the practice court watching a, a good young player just shoot the ball with someone I didn't know before. And finally, the coaches came down and greeted me, whatever, and and they apologized and said um, we were just in a knockdown, dragout debate <laughs> over something on defense. And I thought that's why they're this team. I you know is very good. Yeah, they know what they're doing. <laughs> Baylor knows what they're doing. They they actually have an assistant coach on their staff who assisted me in high school. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, he's a legendary kind of guy, and and not in my area, but in NBA, and he's now he's in college. But um, he was one of Dirk's first coaches, a guy named Bill Peterson, and Bill was one of my volunteer assistants when I was 15 years old. So yeah, I've been I've been with some good coaches before. <laughs> um, Missoula has the privilege of knowing it, it. He's the boss, mm-hmm. and so either he gets a new contract because mm-hmm. he wins. Or he's the top assistant somewhere else, mm-hmm. or maybe gets another head. Once you get your first head coaching job, you might get a second. You're not going to get a third if you never win. Yeah, right. You have to win some, and so why not just yeah. expand your you know your knowledge base to other people? Mm-hmm. Get you, you have to put together a team. You're a CEO in a sense, mm-hmm. so you got to make sure the coaches all get along and all of that. I don't think that's a problem for Sam. Nope. Um, he's a confident guy. He needs his own team. Yeah. I thought he, I thought he would get Washington. Uh, there was a couple of jobs I thought he might get. Well, um, that, that's why I thought it was interesting. He, he bought Sam in because if for whatever reason Joe and the Celtics don't do well, yeah. Sam yeah. will take that job. Yeah, right. Like that's that's yeah. the next logical guy. But again, that that's you have to have that kind of confidence in yourself and also the willingness in these coaching meetings to not have a fight, but have strong spirited debate. If you are feeling sure about whatever this principles on defense that you believe, okay, defend it. Tell me why you're right. Yeah. And we'll, when we will all no, I don't, I don't think so. I see this. Right. And how do we communicate that? And then we leave at the end. We all agree. Cause we're all on the same team. We're moving. We're all rowing our, our rowing Hopefully. in the same direction. Hopefully as David says. Right. Yeah. And then we, we move forward. Right. But you know, easier said than done. Right. It's like, uh, I always think back to the Eagles documentary when, uh, the late Glenn Fry says, every great rock band is on the verge of breakup, right? And it's just this, there's too many competing egos and voices. And it's just like, it's a tenuous rope that you got to walk. But hard, hard to build a successful team because uh, you're dealing with two dramatic contrasts, success and failure. Yeah. You're, de- you're not just dealing with one. Who, who, it's not so hard to get along when you're only having success. Not that it's perfect, mm-hmm. but when you've got both, you got songs that don't hit or whatever and then songs that do hit like it's just my marriages struggle and yeah. family struggle and teams it's a struggle. lot yeah it's an awful lot all right guys we'll be back after a, a brief commercial break this episode of true hoop is brought to you by better help hey guys Gerard from true hoop here if you had an extra hour in your day what would you do it's a hell of a question would you maybe go for a run take a nap read a book maybe show up for a friend now, depending on the day, any one of those would be a great idea. Most of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Now, I've been open in the past with you guys about this. I see a personal therapist as well as a couple therapists for my partner and I. And both are extremely helpful in developing positive coping skills and learning how to set boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TrueHoop today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TrueHoop. Okay, David. Um... We talked about the load management thing yeah. that the, the NBA said last week. We're um, not done. <laughs> we're not done. Well, I want to start here because uh, we 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 put the uh, and I won't tell all this stuff, but I want to just leave one part of this that Henry talked about uh, in our in our true group chat, which was well, if you say the word science and you say science does not support load management, as we said last week, David, on the show. Well, you now have to show us that science. And we, as media members, need to be able to ask questions of whomever your scientists are that came up with this data, all the different things. Tell us more. What what sample sets were you looking at? What were you get what were you gauging it over? Like we get to ask the penetrating questions. And you know, the league did not make that available for whatever reason. I mean, well, we, we know we know why. the reason. <laughs> we, we we know why. Um, you know, and I just think that it is again. This is just a very disingenuous thing to do, not only to say the word science like that, because this, David, is part of a larger issue we have as a society in which science is no longer accepted as research factual data, even though it is. We have so many people who doubt science and the actual rigor of doing scientific research. This this is real shit. This is a lot of trial error hypothesis over before you come up with actual conclusion. But to throw out the word science like that so haphazardly and say it doesn't support it, it's extremely dangerous in this NBA context, but also just for a larger world context when we talk about the word science. Yeah, I did not know you were going to go there, and I got to not go down that rabbit hole. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get political about it, but you know what I'm yeah. saying. Uh, no, I'm with you 100%. Um, uh, I don't understand the, uh, the about face other than money. Yeah, TV contract. I, I, yeah. I just I gotta believe the the idea that that all these teams were wrong and and you suddenly just announcing it is is very strange to me. I, I put in the document. Um, I I know obviously you're a swim coach. Uh, they taper in swimming. It, yes, it, it, and so I put a study in there. Right. Now, you know, there, and and this is to the point when you said the word rigor. Mm-hmm. That's part of this process. Yes, is science keeps trying to get better. Keeps trying to figure out more and more and more. The idea that, well, turns out we were wrong. No one needs rest. It defies logic. Correct. It just makes no sense at all that, that uh, I, re- I wish they would just say, we figured out we can't really have a great business unless we just have our guys try to play 82 games a year. And so, yeah, we, we run the risk of a lot of guys getting hurt, but we have a lot of good, talented players. And so, if we lose 40% and the other 60 are good players, you know, we'll still have a good playoffs. Like, I would just be honest with us I, because I, I, I'm offended at, at how this has gone. And uh, I'm waiting. I, I don't think teams are going to be allowed to say mm, stuff. But uh, at the end of the day, I have a hard time believing any player just doesn't feel right is not going to be able to sit. Well, what did you put in the document about what Rob Palenka said about what he and what he and LeBron have worked out or the team and LeBron have worked out this year? The goal was to deliver him healthy, right? This is what this is what Palenka told the press. Right. So Palenka said this to the media. 
We worked with LeBron, I'm paraphrasing, to make sure we deliver him as healthy as possible at the end of the season, which means for the playoffs. Well, load manager to me. I mean, that's what, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Like, guys, this is not rocket science. Your body has a certain amount of energy in it. You start a season on whatever day. As you continue on, that energy tank gets lower and lower and lower and lower. It doesn't all of a sudden go back up to 100% midway. It's not how this works. And so in order for you to manage your energy and your ability to recover and all the things, you have to manage the load that your body takes. Like, I just, you know. When I moved into our the home we live in now is 2010. One of the first things we did, we got new garage doors. I don't remember any of this, but we did. I, that I know. And a couple weeks ago, I had a doctor appointment, nothing serious. And, and uh, luckily, it's five minutes for me. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a coach, which means I always arrive early. Not even five <laughs> minutes, it's three minutes away. I can almost walk in five minutes. And I opened my garage door on, from my side of the garage, and uh, it wouldn't open. And so I called the garage people because my wife's one of those geniuses that everywhere in the house that anything could break, she has the business card of who can fix it <laughs> somewhere it. attached to it nice. that you can't miss. So I called Precision Doors. They came out. They told me what was wrong. Basically, a garage door can open. I'm going to make up a number called it 10,000 times. Mm-hmm. And after that, it's hit or miss. And mm-hmm. when it's dead, it's dead forever. Mm-hmm. And so my, my garage, that side was dead yeah. forever. So I did not know. I never thought about it. Plus, I didn't know how long we live here. It turns out we're still here. Yeah, I'm about in 2010. <laughs> um, athletes are a little bit different because this garage mm-hmm. door is working great until right. it stops working at all. Correct. Our, our returns are diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. And then with a, a recharged motor, so to speak, like I had to get for my garage door, we're great. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why, I mean, watch these games in preseason. Dudes are flying everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, now go then go watch the NBA Finals game. The intensity is there. The mm-hmm. pressure is there. Mm-hmm. The speed and quickness. We know this. Right. It's, the NBA knows that they track it. That's <laughs> how we know right. their data. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's um it 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 it's bothersome to me. It, it really bothers me. And we're gonna lose a player to an injury that we shouldn't sure. lose. Absolutely. Um, and there's really gonna be a, a controversy coming. No, you're 100 right, David. And the example you point out is this is not about. David or us not liking Christian Brown, but Christian Brown was not a good player last year by any metric. He just That's wasn't. Bad. He's bad. But as David said, million, he was running circles around people in the NBA Finals. Why yeah. do you think that is? Because he's 21 or wherever he is and hadn't played all year, right? Yeah. And so he's got plenty of energy to run around and, and jump all over people. That's, yeah. you know. And, and he hadn't played all year because he sucked. <laughs> right. They, they, Mike Malone would have played him more if he was good. Right. But all of a sudden, he's good in the NBA Finals? No, that's not how that he's works. He's fucking faster than everybody. <laughs> Bouncier, yeah. It's, it's just, uh, it, it, it really, I think we're moving towards something almost calamitous, potentially. Well, it insults our intelligence, David, right? When they do this, like, right? It's, it's very insulting. You're like, you're, it, you're taking... Right. Correct. You just think everybody's stupid, and it's like, no, like, we're not. We know what you're doing here. And again, I, I've said this a million times. I'll say it again. I independently spoke to six different sports medicine folks, and they all said to a man and woman, they're like, just off the top of our heads, two loads within a seven-day period is about the max an NBA player should be doing. All independent, didn't know what, they're like, off the top of our head, two times in seven days. And we know the average is three and change per seven, oftentimes four in seven. Yeah, the average is probably... Three point yeah. something. Yeah, three point something. Right. Yep. Whereas mm-hmm. what's what's the average in the Premier League? Less yeah. than two. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Like 1.5, 1.6. The NBA is probably double uh, average games per week compared to Premier mm-hmm. League. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who spend an awful lot of money too yeah. on their athletes. And yeah. and people will even argue, and, and I, I see it too, that in, in the top uh, football leagues in the world, they're even playing too much. Because when you add in their two games a week, now you got Champions League and now we got international play. Like they're starting to say, oh, this is too much. We're going to get. So they, they're seeing the same thing, and it's driven by the same factor. Why are we adding more games? Money, <laughs> right? It's the yeah. same reason. So, so in, the, in the top soccer league, so maybe I'm wrong, uh, normally they play a weekend. And a weekday. And a Champions League. So they'll yeah. have like a they Tuesday, two, Sunday, or whatever, Wednesday, they'll Saturday. They'll play two Premier League games a week, typically. They do sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes. It'll be a like, Champions League game or a, you it's know. different. I'm just saying, right. if, if there's a Premier League game on a, on a weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. they'll play one Champions League game. Yeah. And then they might play again. So maybe sometimes it's the third game in a week mm-hmm. or it's the first day of the next week. Right. Um, but, there's, but there's obviously most of those teams don't play in the Champions League. Right. They'll play in the they Europa just, League just, or the, you know, down below. Right. Yeah. So yeah. six, so, so six, how many teams, how many teams play in the Champions League? Oh, from, from the Premier League, like a four? Top that, four that make the Champions League, yeah, yeah. Top four, yeah. And the next X number play Europa, yeah, yeah. And then it's just, and then there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're tracking. I mean, I've been to practice primarily. They're tracking heart rate and blood pressure and sweat and checking sleep. You know, we we've the article that that you posted that David Aldridge David Aldridge wrote. I think it's from the Athletic, um, TNT. Uh, you know, teams have sleep doctors or whatever. Mm-hmm. Are we just ignoring that science? And that's what really gets me. Uh, my mother-in-law last, uh, so two a week, two weeks ago Tuesday, she got a new knee. Eighty-five years old, ovarian cancer survivor, got a new knee. Moved into my house. She moved out yesterday. She's doing amazing. She doesn't need us anymore. She said, "I, I, I we said, you sure you'll be okay living on your own? I feel better than I did before I got my new knee ten days ago. That's what she told me over the weekend." That's the same science. All of this is the same kind of science. The, the argument over vaccines, it's the same science, meaning it's vigorous, rigorous studies mm-hmm. and math mm-hmm. and equation after equation and data uh, and all these findings and control and all of that. Uh, to suddenly say this science mm-hmm. hasn't been right mm-hmm. is really pissing on science in general, which is a scary, scary, scary uh, uh, Results of of what's happening mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, just to be to be clear, the new the new Champions League format has the top five from Premier League going. Okay. Six team goes to um, Europa, Europa, and then the FA Cup winners uh, also um, to Europa. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Look, the point you made about sleep, David, also very clear. Um, that's the thing that we're talking about here. It's the sleep, which equals rest and recovery, and I mean actual sleep, not yeah. that on the plane. No, 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 no. Okay. I mean actual. REM, where they're getting into deep recovery mode. Yeah. The more games you play and the more travel you have, guess what you're not doing a lot of? Deep REM sleeping. So that means you're not recovering. Like, the, the sleep is such a key piece to all of this. Um, and that's been tracked a ton by so many companies. And, you know, and, and again, the, the, the best players in the world and, you know, LeBron and all the famous stories about he spends a million dollars on his body every <laughs> year. Like, the this is what these players are are fighting to do, right? Is how can I recover as best as possible so I can maintain this level of play? Um, and it's hard, right? The more games you play and the more travel you have, less time to sleep. So, yeah, NBA, do better. We don't like uh, we don't like these 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 uh, these things you're putting out there about 
science not supporting the data um, for for load management. All right, David, back to on the floor. We talked about him last week. I just dropped a couple of clips in of, of watching Victor Wembanyama, and man, it's so fun watching this dude. Mainly because he's just so tall, and the skill set he has at his height um, is crazy. Um, we've literally never seen anyone. Yes, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant's seven foot. Like this dude's seven five. Like he's is he oh, seven five, seven four, seven four? I mean, he it's yeah. he, he's just ridiculous. He's freakishly tall. Yeah. Um, and one, super long. And super long. I want to have a look about talk about is his defense, David. He'll find times this year where he's out of position just because everyone gets out of position on defense because they just don't know what they're doing, whatever, mistake. But man, that long-ass wingspan can often make up for being out of position because of the ground he can cover. You know, if someone's out of position and they have a shorter wingspan, they've got to really kind of get themselves all the way back into position to contest, right? This dude, he has to make one step over and get his arm up, and it's like, oh, I'm back in position here. It's fucking crazy. And I think that if you're an offensive player, right, and you're going at him and you're like, oh, he's out of position. Mm, He might be. But his arms might not be. They may come back and hit you where you, where you don't even see it coming from. It's like that idea of the, the best shot block is the one you don't see coming. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing with him. Because you get by him and you're like, well, I'm by him. Yeah, but he's so long. His arm will, his arms and wingspan will make up for that. I think it's incredible. All right. To be clear, it's it's not some idea. That, that's my idea. <laughs> I don't know if I'm right. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm happy for someone to tell me I'm wrong <laughs> and that you should try to block the shot of the guy you're guarding. I just don't like it. Yes. I think you're asking yes. for fouls too much. Um, uh, Victor, when you say out of position, there's, there's out of position because I fucked up. Mm-hmm. There's out of position because I didn't fuck up. I'm executing. Mm-hmm. And so, but the ball moved or yes. player moved. And now I've got to get back in position. Those arms help. Um, I mean, Gerard, he, he's legit. He's going to be <laughs> one of the best players of all time. If he stays healthy. Uh, pop, pop is just now, I spoke to a Spurs guy yesterday. Uh, yesterday. Yeah. Pop is just now starting to coach him a little bit on offense. He's really not mm. been coaching him much. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to get a feel for him. Watch and him. So yeah, and so apparently now on occasion he'll like he'll say that's a terrible shot, and Victor needs to hear that. Yeah, oh for sure, because he's capable of shooting some terrible shots. Mm-hmm. But um, he's going to be special. Well, that, that, that's the beauty, David. What you said right there. How many young coaches or even old coaches aren't good? They get a guy like Victor. Their first tendency is probably to what overcoach him, right? Yeah. And just start spilling shit, spewing. Yeah. Pop for weeks probably just sat and watched, said nothing. Yeah, because you're learning, right? You're like the, the humility to I have to learn you. Let me let me see what you're doing. Victor did say though on uh, on media day or not media day, like he yelled at him. He's like, oh yeah, he already yelled at me. <laughs> like yeah. he's like, I was, it was like I, I was, it took a long time. I was waiting for. It. He's like, I'm, I'm kind of glad he did. Like so, Victor seems like he wants to be coached also, which. Yeah. If, if that's true, oh man, this is this is a dream as a as a coach, for sure. There is uh, so uh, I credit two people with kind of helping build my own coaching philosophy. <laughs> one was real, one is not. Uh, Harvey Panic, the great mm-hmm. golf instructor who wrote all those books, inspired me to write my book, but really helped me kind of shape my mentality as a coach. And then the other was Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Harvey Pennant talks about, uh, wrote about how he would get a new pupil. And and very at his level, I'm happy to say it was similar to me now where I'm already get they're already in the NBA right. or they're looking to get there when they right. call me. 
I don't typically, you know, help out to the fourth grade. It's not very good or whatever. I'm happy to do it if I, it's a family friend. Right. Um, and so Harvey Pennick, someone, I, it might have been a woman even, I, I wanted him to, wanted Harvey to watch her putt. And um, he's just watching this beautiful, it was a, it might have been a guy, because now I think about it, it was PGA Tour, a guy that could play on the tour. The putting was beautiful. And um, Harvey didn't say a word. And Harvey said, don't, don't mistake me for not paying attention. I, I don't have anything to offer. Mm-hmm. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to watch and take it all in. And at the end of this putting lesson, it was some very famous golfer, Harvey, but young. Harvey said, um, uh, you don't need anything from me. Go go crush the tour, basically. <laughs> um, but in, mostly people do need stuff. And, and, and Victor definitely does. And uh, I think that's the right approach Pop took is let's, let's let him just get comfortable and not second guess himself. And let's mm-hmm. see, because we all might be surprised at what he can do. Like we, we, we've coached a whole bunch of guys near his size before mm-hmm. who can't do any of these things. Correct. Let's first evaluate and then kind of uh, uh, chisel away mm-hmm. and, and whittle away at some things that he probably needs more work at mm-hmm. and talk about what he should be focusing more now. Very mm-hmm. smart way of doing it. And, um, no surprise. Uh, he, he's going to be rookie of the year. Yeah. As good as Chet has been doing, it's just as there's yeah. another level. I think Victor's at the other level. One of the things that you said astutely and very smartly before Victor even got in the league, you said, you know, they should probably be running off screens like Duncan Robinson and do a yeah. variety of things, right? More so than um, try to play like KD. Correct. Although he's got a little shake and bake to a his little bit. Now. Sure, yeah. sure. He does. Um, and that I think will come. It's like, but it's yeah. a lot to give him all that right now. Let's, let's do this stuff first. And you're already seeing that you're seeing the handoff, double handoff game with yeah, him very that good. you're doing. And yeah. again, at that, where his shooting pocket is to your point about the, the player you have, you're like, Chabaz Napier keeps taking the ball from me. It's probably the same with Victor, right? The only way these little guys can take the ball from me is when you put it down, when you're in a crowd, yeah. don't put it down. His, <laughs> his release is high and he's super tall and long. You're mm-hmm. just not going to get to it. Right. Yeah, it, it's a it's a challenge to contest his shot. It's a challenge. He's the hope is I'm saying this out loud. I hope he never turns his ankle when someone goes so close mm, to contest. They land on him. under him. I'm worried about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Uh, I the players that I've already advised going against him. Uh, I've asked them to stay. I not doing it for any reason other than it's, I don't want to foul a three point shooter. Stay on his side when you're contesting. Don't get underneath him because you'll you'll get a third. You might get a, you know. Um, a flagrant for it. You you have a player, I won't say who, who uh who who played Victor the preseason and you told him, Don't be amazed, he's gonna do some crazy thing you've never seen before. It's just it's gonna happen. Get over it. It happened. The player was amazed. But as you are he, he wrote he wrote to me, he said, Victor is tall as shit. <laughs> That's exactly. I have it in my phone. Victor's tall as shit, and you're like, "Yeah, I told you." I, I, yeah, yeah. He's gonna dunk everything in the paint. That's what I've been hearing in San Antonio, and he's doing it. So, when it comes to the regular season now, for real, and you have a guy who's hey, coach, I got Victor tomorrow, and I got to defend him probably primarily. What are some of the things you're gonna be talking to your guys about? You gotta Not really, you gotta really fight on the offensive glass. Don't let him. He, he's he's done a nice job in both games of being involved. Uh, you can't let him have those little tip-ins or um, don't foul him driving. Uh, uh, make him pull up over you. Try to keep him guessing a little bit. Are you going to force him left? Are you going to force him right? Get after his dribble. If he puts it down, try to steal it. it. Chase it. When you help, help aggressively to it. Um, you've got to be physical without kind of wrapping him up, hands wide. Uh, use your body a little bit. 
and uh, use a lot of fakes on the other end. Mm-hmm. You, you, he's just going to block your shot if you just go shoot it. You got to yeah. use fakes and play explosively. Don't, don't try to dunk, you know. Don't just try to lay it up on him. You got to try to dunk on him. It, it'll be, you know, we always talk about how players get reference points, and you know, it's so important for rookies because right. you know they don't have them like like how LeBron and CP3 and all these these guys have got encyclopedia brains. It'll be fun sure. for him. Maybe not fun. He might not enjoy it, but it'll be a good reference point for him when I think he he goes up against, you know, this generation's best defender in Draymond Green, right? I think that'll be – because Draymond will probably be on him at some point because uh, he'll play four and all that. I think that'll be a nice – because about wide hands, and Draymond knows every trick in the book and is a brilliant defensive player. Like, that'll be, I think, a nice, like, oh, okay, I got some things to learn here <laughs> after playing this dude. It's going to be a few guys. Uh, uh, Drew Holiday can give some trouble mm-hmm. um, if he's trying to be more perimeter-based, just getting mm-hmm. after his dribble. Marcus Smart, too. Mm-hmm. Um, if they decide to do that, because they're going to play him at four. Mm-hmm. And so you might switch one through four. Yep. Um, that's what they're hoping to do anyway. So, but yeah, these are all practice things. That's how you learn. Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pop's, pop, pop will handle that well. <laughs> um, all right, uh, David, one of the things that we're still kind of waiting for um, is the domino to fall. The domino being James Harden. He's still with the Sixers at this point. Um he made his. He spoke to the media for the first time last week, and said, "Look, you know, uh, my position remains unchanged. My relationship with, with Daryl Morey is not salvageable. Um, I made it clear what I want. You know, um, they know what they have to do, but I'm going to come here and do what I got to do." And I guess you know, Adrian Wojnarowski and various people have been saying what they've been hearing about rumors floating out there. The Clippers, you know, that's the place he wants to go. Whether it happens or not really depends on if they give. Daryl, whatever it is that he's asking for. Now, what he's asking for, I don't know, right? Because we have stuff gets floated out all the time, whether it's true or not. And we'll talk I, about I know it. what he's asking for. <laughs> I do. Okay. I know. I can't say it. Of course you can't say it. Yes. Yeah, I can't say it. And that's and so to your point, the people who are writing this this stuff that they're writing, right? they're either writing it because they're being told to write it mm-hmm. uh, or they're listening to the wrong people because um, – I, I, you know, I'm lucky enough to to be connected to a lot of people involved in the situation, and uh, there's no one player. It's not that you'll right. see. When it, I told Henry everything, mm-hmm. um, uh, Daryl doesn't have what he wants yet. Simple as that. And maybe he'll say yes. That's why James spoke out the other day. It's mm-hmm. now it's time to make him a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. The problem is, I don't think Daryl's ever going to get uncomfortable. You've talked <laughs> yeah. about this before, right? So maybe Josh Harris will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the owner. yeah. I think yeah. that's. I think that's the next step is is to get the owner involved. Say, can you just step in and get this thing done? Yeah, and and James, you know, has that kind of leverage, right? Where he can go to Josh and say, "Look, like this is what I'd like." You know, can you get Daryl to do this thing? You know, and yeah, we'll see, right? Does does Josh do what what James wants or what Daryl wants? That'll be interesting. Um, Shams has gotten a lot of sort of ink lately. Um, you got an, a piece in the New York Magazine. I think there's another one in the Times, maybe? No, not the Times. Some other publication. Anyway, just talking about that industry. And Henry's been quoted a lot uh, in a lot of these pieces, um, talking about, you know, the quote-unquote newsbreakers. And it's no secret here about where we are with that, because our position is very clear. Like, this is not newsbreaking, guys. They are not breaking news. They are being told specifically, okay, this deal is done. You can now go ahead and put that out there. Um, and it is in, you know, they do that and it gives them access to whether it be GMs, agents, whatever, but they're not doing investigative journalism reporting. And as Henry has said numerous times, 
the transaction market or being first to say who's going to get player X, that's the cotton candy of the business, right? Yes, people like it and it's fun, it's cute. But when you do that, it prevents you from figuring out where's the money coming from, yeah. who's doping, right? All the all the actual things that we invest. Why are we ignoring science? Yes, why are we ignoring science? Yes, correct. Funny that Shams or Woj didn't ask any questions about why we're ignoring science. And still haven't, as correct. far as we know. Yeah, no, none of them have. No, no, no. Um, and so, it, you know, it, 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 that's what it is. But the, the danger for me, David, too, is, is that because these these guys, and it was noted in this New York Magazine piece, um, they can help GMs as well, right? So if they know a player, for instance, from another side is not being offered something from a team because they're also tight with that GM, they can let them, hey, man, you don't need to, you don't need to give this guy a five-year, $100 million deal because that's not what he's getting over here. And that subs them, that hurts the market for the player, right? They're not able to get potentially what their maximum value could be. And when, I'm using air quotes, when journalists like Shams and Woj can do that, that's a dangerous, dangerous game that we're in. And we're already well out the, down the rabbit hole and the horse is already way out, way down past the barn. But it's just, it's all bad. All of this is very bad for the game. Yeah, I don't know if they've, I don't know if they cited an example of that. I, I, I tell you, um, I'm lucky to, to speak to a lot of agents mm-hmm. and players uh, and executives. Um, their names only have come up uh, for when it's time to announce the deal. Mm-hmm. That's it. It, does, it doesn't mean that what you're saying is wrong. It doesn't mean that some someone isn't necessarily getting uh, losing money mm-hmm. because they're, the bidding war ends because they're saying that team's not really bidding from the first place. I'm just telling you, I've never heard their names ever mentioned other than, okay, we got this deal done now. Because I don't break news. Henry, yeah, Henry right, knows that. Right. Um, we got this deal done. Let's give it to whoever they give mm-hmm. it to. Right. And and it's over. Okay. Uh, and so they're lucky enough. They, they, they give the courtesy of the agent or the player to know. I mean, I've definitely had players pulled out of half, literally halftime of games. Yeah. Can't play second half. You just got traded. Mm-hmm. Um, as I've told you, normally you don't hear about anything until it's done. Well, that was that was the Drew Holiday deal. I mean, the uh, yeah. the, the name deal. No, yeah. not right. Jam or Woj, the NBA's great newsbreakers. Right. Not one of them had the Milwaukee Bucks on the list, but okay. all of a sudden, deal gets done as Milwaukee, right? right. So, so, yeah, um, I don't see what the big deal is. I I, I really don't understand the fascination over who gets something reported first directly from a team. You're gonna find out, right? You know, within, <laughs> it just it, it's silly to me, but um, whatever. It's the game. It's it's uh, yeah. I don't I don't love it. Players can also do it themselves. Sure, you know, but they they feel like they. It, that's the problem is they need the favor. The teams want the favor from the reporter, mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. that favor is. That's what's uncomfortable for me. Yeah, no, for sure. And then you know, you, and then you see it right based on how Woj or Shams talks about a particular yeah. front office executive or whatever. And you're like, there's a lot of flowers about this person. Well, that should let you yeah. know, right? What, where they're getting information from, right. right? If they're writing all these wonderful things, you're like, right. well, something's up here. But, right. you know, that's the nature of the business. As you know, that's not what we do here at True Hoop. You get the unvarnished truth, whether you like it or not. All right, folks, we will see you on Thursday. More preseason. David, the season's coming soon, man. We got what? Uh, a week. What? I think the 24th. 24th. Yeah. Maybe two games. Yeah. Those, that that, that, that opening days. night. Yeah. Next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Exciting. Let's go. Exciting times. <laughs> All right, everybody. We will see you on Thursday. Take care.